This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. You guys, I'm back. I have never been so excited to get back to work than I am right now. So for those of you that are new that have never met me in my life, um, I am going to overshare because this is important. I had surgery two weeks ago to remove a pretty large cyst from my fallopian tube. And thankfully, the, the labs came back benign and I'm recovering much better. For those of you that know me, you know that recovery is not a setting for me. It is not something I do well. I do not rest. I do not take it easy. I'm going probably 90% of the time. And if I am not going at one thing, then I'm doing another and I'm just busy. So I made plans to have a podcast up for you guys last week, but I do all my editing on Tuesdays because I'm a procrastinator too. And that just makes more sense. (laughs) Um, I made that plan and God laughed at me. And so here we are. This is your episode this week. Ebony is our guest and she is feisty, self-loving, servant-minded, and absolutely gorgeous human being. The way that she talks about her inner circle and the way that she continually stretches herself are goals for sure. Y'all enjoy. Yeah, I'm 31. I'm still trying to figure out life. I've had a great life so far. So right now I'm a CPA, so I'm a certified public accountant. I, I've been licensed now for four years, and I work as an accounting manager with a nonprofit here in North Georgia. So I work for Goodwill of North Georgia as one of their accounting managers, and I've been with that particular agency for a little over three years. That's awesome. What, um, what drew you to Goodwill of North Georgia? Initially, it was the mission. They have a very simple mission is to put people to work. Um, As an organization, we do a lot to serve persons with disabilities. We serve veterans. We serve women. We serve people who have barriers getting into the workforce. And that was something that initially, that I initially found striking. Um, I transitioned into the nonprofit sector a little over six years ago. And so when I found out about this particular opportunity, I knew that it was going to be a good fit. 27, you were promoted to the director of finance and administration with Friendship Force International. How is that um, different from the mission that Goodwill has? Okay. So with Friendship Force International, it's a nonprofit that's headquartered in Atlanta, but it has a global reach. And its premise is to promote world peace by creating friendships across the globe. And so, like, for instance, I believe it was in 1992, the organization was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And so they they do cultural exchanges. So members from, let's just pretend like members from the Atlanta club may travel to one of the clubs in Uganda and they'll do homestays. And so they'll stay for about seven to 14 days. They'll learn about the language. They'll learn about the culture, the religion, the traditions there. And it's just an opportunity again, just for people across the seas to be able to interact with one another, to be able to build lifelong relationships, and to really just open their their eyes and to gain a new perspective on uh, a, a country or a group of people that are vastly different from themselves. 
I like that. I think that ties in really nicely to um, Oglethorpe's mission, right? Like the make a life, make a living, make a difference. And I think that you've really kind of transformed yes. your life into um, that of a servant's in, in, in terms of like how you serve other people, not servant, like, let me get you some tea, um, which I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also I was, I'm looking at the answers. I sent you questions too. And you said that when you graduated from Oglethorpe, you honestly thought that you'd be an auditor with a public CPA firm. So what changed? What took you to, yeah. um, the Friendship Force International from, cause you were at one point in a public, in a, in a corporate America, correct? So when I graduated from Oglethorpe, I actually started working as a staff accountant with Lanier Parking Solutions. And Lanier Parking Solutions has offices here in Georgia. It has, um, an office and locations in Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, um, and I believe in a few other states. And so I worked there for about two and a half years. And around the two-year mark, inwardly, I could tell that I wanted something different. Um, for the most part, I, I enjoy accounting. That's something that, like, I knew since I was, like, eight years old that I wanted to be an accountant when I grew up. And so um, at this point, I knew that I enjoyed the work that I do, but I still felt like something was missing. And I remember at the time, one of my best friends, I was telling her that uh, part of me really just wanted to quit my job and go volunteer full time with a nonprofit, but that just wasn't possible, like just financially <laughs> for me to be a full time volunteer and to not work. And I remember her encouraging me to just start seeking opportunities at nonprofits here in Atlanta to see if that would give me an opportunity to couple my profession and my passion. And so I started doing that around, you know, the two year mark. And six months later, I found the opportunity at Friendship Force International. And I have thoroughly enjoyed working in the nonprofit sector. Like even today, I went to a conference. Um, the Georgia Society of CPAs had a not-for-profit conference, and it was good to be able to talk to other people who either work at public firms that have clients who are nonprofits, or to work for people who, or to to also meet people who work for nonprofits themselves. That's, that's incredible. So you, you're a very driven woman <laughs> knowing you wanted to be an accountant at age eight. Like that's, that's, I don't think I even knew what an accountant was at age eight. <laughs> Still not entirely sure what you do. I just know that when I have taxes, I call an accountant. That's what I know. Um, so you're really driven, but you've, I mean, you've had some ups and downs in life like everybody else, but you've, yeah. you've kind of overcome them. How do you how do you do that? Like, what do you, what kind of strategies do you use to stay focused and stay on whatever your track or whatever your current goal is? Because I mean, like you said, your life looks nothing like you expected. I know mine doesn't mm-hmm. either. So don't, you know, mm-hmm. don't mis- mm-hmm. mistake that. So years ago at this point, I think this was probably 2010 or 2011, I read a quote that said, if the plan fails, change the plan, but never the goal. And that is a a quote that has stuck with me now for several years. And what I learned with that is if I have a goal, like if it's, if there's something that's seriously on my heart, if I have a goal, 
there's nothing that can prevent me from achieving that goal. I may have to change or alter the plan as to how I go about doing that, but the goal itself stays the same. And so I'll give an example. So I remember when I worked for Lanier, um, this was, you know, just a few years after the um, economy went, you know, kind of did a downward spiral. And at the time, opportunities weren't readily available for a lot of people. And, you know, this was my first you know, job out of college, it was a staff accountant position. And at the same time, based on my salary, I wasn't in a position where I could pay for Becker. And for those who don't know, Becker is well known for its CPA review. Um, anyone who takes Becker generally has a high successful rate of passing the exam. And so I remember like being in a place where I knew I couldn't afford Becker. And mind you, throughout the years, my, my closest friends, they heard me talk about wanting to be a CPA. And I just remember like really wanting to get started, but I just practically couldn't afford the course. Like, I mean, I'm talking at this point, it was like three or $4,000. And the exam itself, depending on how many parts you register for at a time, it can, it can cost about $1,000. And so I remember this, at this point, it's 2012. Fall of 2012, and I am in a place where I'm like, okay, Ebony, you can't keep putting off this dream. So I decided to just simply check out a reference book for a different a different company's CPA review from the library because I was like, okay, Ebony, you're just gonna have to do self study until you can figure it out. And shortly thereafter, within a month or two, my grandfather passed away, and that at the time was a tremendous loss. And so I was dealing with a lot of things emotionally, just feeling like, man, I'm going through another setback. And then a few months later, I broke up with a guy that I was really hoping to spend my life with. And so going into the end of 2012, I just emotionally was in a really, really hard place. And it's interesting because, again, I knew that I wanted to be a CPA. I knew that I wanted to take this exam. And going into the end of the year, I, that's when I found out about the job opportunity with Friendship Force International. And I was offered, at the time, it was a senior accountant position. And so I started that following month, which was January of 2013. And I also found out about a new scholarship that Becker decided to have to help candidates prepare for the exam. And so I was awarded a partial scholarship. So one, I'm making more money, but I'm also awarded a partial scholarship. And so that helped me tremendously as I prepared to study for a year for what was a gruesome exam. And so I think this for me, when I think about my life, like again, like, you know, if, if the plan fails, just change the plan, but never the goal. And I think about just different opportunities I've had along the way to do exactly that. I love that it all comes down to kind of faith that it's all going to work out. At least that's what I hear in your story. I don't know if that's where you were going with that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Even through the exam, I remember when I was, when I was studying for the first part of the exam and mind you, I have an incredible support system. Like I cannot have made it through those 12 months, I would not have made it through the last few years without 
my closest friends and my family. And I remember when I was preparing for the first part of the exam, I was studying and I went in on test day. And mind you, every time I went in on exam day, I never felt like I was ready. (laughs) You know, going in, but you know, going in, I made a decision. I was like, Ebony, you're going to, you're going to schedule your exams at noon. And so I did that because I wanted to be able to take time to thank my closest friends by making them breakfast. So on each exam day, I made my, at the time, four closest friends breakfast. And it was my opportunity to just have a moment of peace and just to be able to have a moment where I could just celebrate with my friends because I didn't know what the outcome would be of, of because with the CPA exam, you have to wait for the results. It's not, you don't know immediately. Um, but I just remember there were so many scriptures that were on my heart during the time, um, in particular, Psalm 18, just a good reminder that, you know, with my God, I can scale a wall, just knowing that with my God, you know, because of him, like my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Like I just knew that God was with me. And one of the things that I learned through that experience and since then is that with my life, I really feel like I am partnering with God. Like he gives me an opportunity to do things with him. And so when I think about getting licensed, that to me was one of those faith building moments where God helped me toss a mountain into the sea because there were definitely moments of self-doubt. There were definitely, like, I mean, even the last exam that I took, the fourth one, I remember just at this point, just one being exhausted, um, but also just feeling a lot of just self-doubt because all I could think was like, Ebony, if you don't pass this part of the exam, this means you are going to have to like start studying all over again. And that was the last thing that I wanted to do. And I asked my closest friends, like, do you think I should postpone it? Do you think I should give myself some more time? And they were like, Ebony, we think you should just give it a go. Like, I mean, just, just go for it. I mean, it's like, test day is almost here. Just do it. And I did it again, even though I didn't feel ready. And like, God just completely like sustained me, like carried me through that entire process. Um, so yeah, no, it was definitely, it definitely was, you know, a faith building experience. So what does your inner circle look like? What are those four friends? And you can say their names, you don't have to, but like, what is it about them that draws you to them? Is it in a yin yang kind of thing? Or is it like, you guys have grown up together? all very different and at the same time like they add so much value to my life and they are reminders of like where I want to go and where I'm headed and I think that's the most important um because ultimately I I want to be successful I want to make an impact and I think having them in my corner has helped me to do that so far. Um, and then also he wasn't, well, I can't say he wasn't my closest friend, but my dad, um, he's no longer here with me, but ever since I was a little girl, like two, three years old, like my dad would always tell me that I could do anything that I set my mind to. And even at a time when I needed a lot of emotional and just mental support from my family, because For instance, my grandmother didn't want me to be an accountant. She wanted me to be an educator because she was an educator. And my dad, he always supported the decisions that I made. And so at a time when I was taking the exam, when my grandmother wasn't really that supportive, that encouraging, my dad was. And he just consistently affirmed his love for me and just, you know, reminded me that I could do it. And 
I am just very grateful for all that he instilled in me. And so he was also like a part of my tribe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very grateful for my support system. Girl, you have an awesome support system. I'm sitting here writing down their names. They're, I'm going to look it up <laughs> later. Like, can they be my friend too? Um, I, <laughs> I really hear the passion come out when you talk about that. And I think that's something that our inner show inner circle should be right. Like they're the people that maybe are a lot different from each other and you, but they're the ones you can call any time of day and be like, uh, I think things are hitting the fan. Like, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I, you know, that's, I, I just the amount of pride you have when you talk about them. I think that's how it should be. That's how your inner circle should sound. And I'm sure they sound the exact same about you because all the things that you highlight in them I see in you, like you're brilliant, you're goofy, you're loyal, you're fearless, you're following the chosen path, even when it's hard. I mean, let's be honest, like it hasn't been easy, Mm -hmm. not in what we're doing. Um, Thank you. So this, this, you're working at Goodwill. How does this fit into your greater plan? What is your greater plan? (laughs) If you've got one, like, what do you, you know, that kind of, what's your passion? What you doing? Okay. So my passion at this point, I am, okay. So just a little background story. I think ultimately my passion is helping other people. So when I was a kid, I don't know if you've ever heard of Feed the Children, but it's a nonprofit organization. (laughs) And I remember as a kid, they, you know, I don't know if they still have them, but they used to have programs or Mm. I don't want to call them infomercials, but they had programs where, you know, they would highlight different stories about how their work was impacting children in remote areas and how um, donations could help. And so I remember as a kid watching one of their programs one day and I like I mean I was probably like six or seven years old and I remember thinking like man I don't I don't have any money like I don't have any money yeah my family had money but I didn't have any money um and so I just remember thinking (laughs) I just remember thinking you know but I know for a fact like I have food so like I went in the kitchen and got like five or six windmill cookies and I was gonna I was determined to mail them overseas and so you know, at first I was like, but Ebony, if you mail these, then only like five or six kids can eat. And so I was like, okay, just break them up a little bit. And then that way more kids can eat. And then, you know, I just kept breaking them up because I just wanted as many kids to eat as possible. And the next thing I know, like I'm at the kitchen table with like a pile of crumbs on a napkin. And like, clearly that's not something you can mail overseas or even like just locally. Um, And so... (laughs) I think, I think just as a young, you know, as a young child, it was just instilled in me just this idea of giving back. Like I grew up watching my grandmother give generously to the people um, that she came in contact with. And so working at Friendship Force International and working at Goodwill has helped me to see how it's possible to make an impact in the lives of the, the people in the community around me. And so what I am doing now is I'm, I'm focusing my efforts on incorporating a nonprofit organization. So when I was in my 20s, I told my, my friends that I was going to focus on my professional development. I'm going to get licensed. I'm going to try to make certain strides in my career. And then when I get in my 30s, then that's when I can finally focus on, you know, this project, like something that I at one point referred to as my baby. And the reason why I said I would do that in my 30s is because I just assumed that by age 30, I would have my life together. But <laughs> as I shared at the very beginning, I'm Amen. still trying to figure things out. <laughs> so, 
um, recently I took a, I participated in a program called Grief Share, which is a 13-week program for people who've lost loved ones. And so I initially participated in the program to help me cope with the loss of my father. And so at the beginning of the program, one of the things that they encouraged us to do was to think about ways that we want to honor our loved ones. And so over those 13 weeks, God just kept putting it on my heart, like, okay, Ebony, maybe this is something you should get started with now, because technically you're in your 30s. And even though I thought this would be like towards the latter part of my 30s, internally, I just, I feel a push to do it now. And so um, last Thursday, I went to a workshop um, at the Georgia Center for Nonprofits on how to start a nonprofit. And I have now typed up my articles of incorporation. And I, within the next day or so, will submit that to the state of Georgia. And so that is the first, that is the first step. And with this nonprofit, I want to have two initiatives, one to honor my father and the other to honor my mom. And so the initiative to honor my father is going to be a financial literacy program. And so I basically want to help create a curriculum to teach basic financial principles to underprivileged minority youth. And then the initiative to honor my mom, I want to help create a network of, beha of behavioral health specialists to serve that same demographic. Um, I am very fortunate to have grown up in a very stable environment. And at the same time, I went to a, a high school where a lot of the kids didn't have that kind of stability. And I'm very grateful for the knowledge that I've learned or for the, the things that I've learned through working as an accountant, um, through working in nonprofit, just basic financial um, principles that a lot of people who live in low income households, they don't, they don't have that information. They don't have access to the same information. And I am the kind of person that believes if I can, or if we, because I know that this will be a group effort, if we can you know, help teach basic financial principles and also create a healthy space for these kids to deal with the trauma in their lives. I think we have the ability to help them rewrite their life stories. And so the name of the nonprofit will be changing the narrative. And again, the goal is like, if we, if we focus on these two areas, we have the ability to help them change the narratives of their lives. So. That's what I'm working on. That's my passion. I am terrified. I was talking to my friend last night just about how inwardly, like, again, like just this thought of, I don't know what I'm doing. And, it's, you know, Ebony, it's, it's okay. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, simply because you did not know what you were doing, it led you to this point. Like, you, you figured it out. You learned how to, to do the things that were on your heart. And so I think for me, this is going to be something that is going to stretch me. This is something that's going to make me uncomfortable. It's going to force me to grow. And I am just personally looking forward to seeing the fruit that will come later on. But I know at the, you know, at the onset, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. And it's something that I want to do. I want to do it for myself. And I want to do it to be able to, again, honor my parents um, since they are no longer here. 
That is fantastic. I mean, truly just fantastic. I can't wait to see where that goes. And if I can ever be of any assistance, please let me know. Um, I love that. I don't know if you noticed, but like a lot of our Oglethorpe people have started nonprofits. And I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. Like how cool is that, that we went to a school that like, we have so many nice people. <laughs> like, I think I think that that's rare now. I, I, anyway, I could go off on a tangent, but I won't. Like that's that that just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, what's one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's listening that maybe hasn't found what they love? Like they didn't know they were going to be an accountant at eight, and they didn't. You know, obviously, you've been led to the place where you are in terms of starting a nonprofit. But um, th- I imagine there's a sense of lost the right like after your demo your diet environment changes mm-hmm. with uh absolutely the loss of your dad and um i in fact i know there's a loss of environment because i've been through it too and how do you how did you get to the nonprofit? how did you i mean you always have had that servant's heart but what advice would you give i would first encourage people to just take some time in self-reflection. Um, I am someone who generally spends a lot of time thinking. I, I spend a lot of time pondering life. And I, because of that, I think it's helped me to be more in tune with what my purpose is. And I think as we grow and as we evolve, the way that our purpose is manifested will look different over the course of our lives. But I would just encourage each person to just really just spend some time asking their, like themselves, what's most important to them. Um, for me, one of my life mottos is, you know, to make life simple, but significant. And I remember years ago reading a quote, this was when I was in high school, a quote by a woman named Irma Bombeck. She said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope to not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. And so I think it's helpful for people to, you know, ask themselves what's most important to them, ask themselves what are they most afraid of, um, you know, to think about, you know, what they want to leave behind when they're no longer here. Um, I am very young. And at the same time, I, I know that my life is um, finite. I know that there's a, a time limit on my, you know, my experience here on earth. And so I do think a lot about what I want to leave behind. And so I think doing those things can help people to think through what their purpose is and to just give them an opportunity to um, try different things out. A number of my friends, um, you know, went to school for one thing and, you know, started careers or had careers in, you know, other areas. For instance, my friend Kishma, she's a prime example of that. And she's constantly tweaking her, you know, her, her focus as she evolves through life. And that's okay. I think also my next piece of advice would be to just simply be patient with yourself. Um, we, we hear the term, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I think sometimes it's very easy for people to be hard on themselves. I'm someone who um, at one point was extremely hard on myself. And over the years, I've learned to just be patient with myself because 
I'm just simply doing the best that I can. And our best looks different day to day. Like an Olympic athlete who, you know, goes out and wins, you know, a gold medal. The next day when they try to, you know, participate in the same activity, their time might be different. It might be faster or it might be slower. That doesn't mean that they aren't the best. That doesn't mean that they weren't worthy of a gold medal. It's just a different day and circumstances are different. And so I think that's also important. So spend time in self-reflection, asking yourself, okay, what's most important to me? What, I'm most, what am I most afraid of? And what do I want to leave behind? Um, and to move in the direction of that fear, because ultimately I think our purpose and our, our, our dreams are there to force us to expand, to expand our minds, to expand our reach um, and the, you know, and the communities around us and to also just be patient with, you know, ourselves along the way. I love that advice. I think that the loss that we've experienced, the, the encounter with the idea of legacy is such a gift, right? Because we understand <laughs> that we, we don't have forever and uh, that makes us a little more, a little more focused, I think, once mm-hmm. we figure it out, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the, I've heard every, you know, because I've, I am nowhere near where I thought I'd be, right? Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that our purpose and our, our, how do I say, it? our purpose is on the other side of fear right? We have mm-hmm. to jump the hurdle. There's no good way. You cannot crawl around it. You listen, I've tried. Yeah. You, you got to go through it. So yeah, I love that advice and being patient. Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> we should all just have that tattooed to our forehead. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and that way when we look at be patient. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there mm-hmm. anything else that you want to add? Did we miss anything? Is there anything that, you know, is, is on your heart to say. Um, well, and I know this, is, this hasn't been, you know, a part of the conversation, but um, it is, it will be the second initiative that I, I include with my nonprofit as that eventually um, takes off. But I know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I, I personally think it's important for me to just encourage listeners to take care of their mental wellness, their mental and emotional yes. wellness. We live in a world where there, there, there's tra- traumatic events that happen daily. And sometimes they're on a larger scale and sometimes like publicly. And then there are, all, there are also traumatic events that happen in, in people's individual lives, like inside their homes and science inside their own minds and hearts. And so I just really just want to encourage people to do whatever they can to just simply take care of their mental well-being. I, I read a quote recently, and you'll notice I read a lot of quotes. I read a lot of scriptures. And one of the quotes that I read recently is that we repeat what we don't repair. And I have been seeing a therapist off and on since 2012. And I share it with people in my life that going to therapy has been the best investment that I have made in myself. And I have paid for, you know, a CPA review course. I paid for adult orthodontics. 
I've paid for, <laughs> you know, travel experiences to be able to, yes. you know, broaden my view of the world. But this has been the best investment that I've made. And it's because it's helped me to get a lot of healing from different things that have happened in my own life so that I can be a healthier person you know, now that I am an adult so that I can have healthy interactions with people so that I can have a healthy self-esteem. Like we hear the term hurt people, hurt people. And mm-hmm. I am an advocate that healed people heal people. And so again, I just think just personally, it's important for me to just, you know, encourage listeners, you know, it's, again, May is mental health awareness month. Just please, you know, whatever you need to do to take care of you know, who you are on the inside, um, because you want to be able to get to a place where you tell your life story from the healing place and not the broken place. So I absolutely agree. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I, I think everyone should talk to a therapist once, just once. Mm -hmm. And, And maybe you don't find your therapist on the first try. I was lucky. I did find my therapist on the first try, but like, I am a totally different human being because I went to therapy and I think everyone should go once just if nothing else than to spill your guts. Cause it's that mm-hmm. outside perspective, right? They can tell you mm-hmm. like, no, you're being a little, like you need to just settle down, be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can listen mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that. Okay. All right. So we're going to do the lightning round of questions. It's nothing deep, even though our conversation has been so amazing. I know that you have things to do. You're a very busy lady. Um, the lightning round is quick. It's fun. It's nothing to panic about. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Beach or mountains? Oh, wow. Mountains. Really? You're from Savannah. I know, but I just think, don't get me wrong. The ocean, you know, is beautiful. Going to the beach, you know, it's a beautiful place. But at the same time, there's something about seeing the mountains. And again, like I just think about so many faith building experiences and like just what just, I just imagine what it would be like to physically see one of those tossed into the sea. And so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I, I, you're the first person to say mountains. I don't know how to follow that one up. I guess I'll just ask you what your favorite color is. <laughs> My favorite color is navy blue. Really? Yes. Yes. Like red. Oh, except for Matt who said jungle green. Okay. Jungle uh, green. Okay. That's very specific. <laughs> is, is, but it's Matt Claiborne. So are you surprised? I mean, really, are you surprised? <laughs> okay. Brunch or dinner? Brunch. I can eat brunch food any day of the week, all day long, like <laughs> hands down, hands down. I love it. Me too. Fall or spring? Fall. Really? Yes. So I love flowers. Flowers are my favorite thing, but I love earth tones and I love just seeing the, the, the leaves on trees just changing colors into beautiful shades of like red and orange and gold and the weather gets cooler. I love autumn. It, and September is like my favorite month. So, you know, it's right on the cusp of the end of summer or beginning of autumn. So, yeah. Well, hypothetically, when you're not in Atlanta, it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shade. That's all jealousy. I swear to you. <laughs> NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? I'm going to go with Backstreet Boys. You're number two. Okay, Why? <laughs> 
Um, one, personally, I feel like they were like the original, but you know, I know some people are like, Ebony, you might want to check Google for that. Um, but like anytime all I have to give comes on my Apple music, I'm like jamming in the car. So no, I would definitely give it to Backstreet Boys. Okay. Books or movies? Books. And what are you reading? Well, right now I'm reading a book called Strings, Strings in Leadership. And it's just basically a book for leaders to identify their three major strengths and to learn how to use those to lead other people, how to rely on those strengths to lead other people. You're going to need that with your nonprofit. I I, I am. Look how serendipitous that is. Um, (laughs) iPhone or Android? iPhone all day. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) I just like the blue bubbles. That's it. That's all. You just, listen, you're the setting. Like, I can change your world. (laughs) And then, uh, because of Izzy, this is Izzy's question. What's your favorite number if you have one? Oh, my goodness. I don't think I have a favorite number, but if I just had to randomly select one, I'd probably say the number three. Okay. It just, yeah. I, you know what? I get that because I don't have a favorite number either, but uh, I ask anyway, you know. <laughs> and, it, and it's interesting because like recently I heard someone ask um, someone else like what their favorite number was. And I know different, like for instance, like Oprah, you know, she has, I think her favorite number is the number 11. And I just remember thinking recently, like, Ebony, you should really like look up the meaning behind different numbers and like make one of your face, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, yeah. Well, so this is going to, this is going to, you know, this is going to get me to do that. The number three in the Bible is like the Holy, you know, the, the Trinity. And then mm-hmm. the number seven is completion. And the yeah. Number- and isn't eight, New beginnings? It no? is. Yes. Okay. 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 That was my, yeah. yep. That's the only ones that I know. So don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Yes. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of coffee? Hands down. Well, it, it, honestly, I'm one of those people I can drink Starbucks. I can drink caribou. I can drink, you know, Maxwell House soldiers. Like, as long as it's coffee. I actually don't drink tea. I'm from the South and I will I not either. drink tea. So oh, yeah. I don't either. It's, <laughs> it, somebody was telling me, someone from here was telling me that she used to love sweet tea. And I was like, I don't drink it. I'm from Georgia. <laughs> like I don't drink it. It's diabetes in a cup. I'm good. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, dog or cat. Is it? possible for me to say both yeah for sure okay I just realized like I didn't even ask if that was okay but no I I would I would go with both at one point our family had a dog and a cat at the same time and I think they just each have you know unique qualities that make them special like I know some people who hate cats but I just I love the fact that you can play with them and then you know because they're antisocial they take their own time to do their own thing and yeah no both do you have any dogs or cats or animals no, right now it's just me. One day, whenever I have a family, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll visit that. But right now, I think I just need to be responsible for myself. Girl, as long as you don't tell me you have any fish, because no. I can't help you with fish. We had, we had some fish issues. 
Well, I think that's all I have. I'm so glad that you were on. I had so much fun learning about changing the narrative. Do you have a website up? Like, is there any way that our listeners can contact you for questions or, um, you know, a word of encouragement, anything like that? Okay. So right now I don't have a website yet. Um, again, I am submitting the paperwork to the state of Georgia to secure the name, to lock everything in within the next day or two. But if listeners want to get in contact with me, they can do so at my personal email address. It's ebony. So E B O N Y dot J dot Rogers, which is R O G E R S at gmail.com. I love doing these interviews for a few reasons. But when Ebony dropped the reminder to be patient with yourself because you're doing the best you can, I loved her interview even more. Her words resonate with me because I think we're all our own worst critics with high expectations and feelings of shame and failure holding us back. The minute you start to become more patient with yourself and adjust your plan accordingly, I think you'll find that you'll be exactly where you're meant to be. Thanks for listening. As always, you can reach out on our Facebook page or Instagram at caffeinated changes and be sure to be on the lookout for Ebony's nonprofit changing the narrative. Next week, our featured guest is John Burke. Atlanta folks are already pretty familiar with him, but the rest of the world is in for something amazing. I'll see you next week.